Welcome to the In God She Trust podcast. My name is Kitri. And I'm Tasha. Welcome to season two. <laughs> I'm so excited. It feels you like it's me. been, <laughs> it feels been like it's forever. Yeah, it's been a little bit. We took some time off, yep. uh, like for the summer, and then, you know, just over the fall season, um, we've been just kind of trying to get some stuff a lot's happened. Rolling. A ton yeah. has happened. Spiritually, a lot's happened. Um, oh, yeah. Growth-wise. And, yeah, I think that, I think for those of you that have been with us since the first season, welcome back. We appreciate your loyalty. And for those of you that are just joining us, um, hello. And, yeah, the first season was was a learning curve. Yeah. Would you say? Yeah. Absolutely. And it's like, everyone's probably listening and they're like, oh my gosh, there was a song. Oh my gosh, they actually don't sound like they're <laughs> underwater anymore. Like, yeah, you guys, so much has happened and God has just like completely blessed oh, us. Amazing. Beyond belief. I mean, like, I, I feel like a pro now. It's with, pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, because, um, I mean, we have professional equipment now. Like we're in like our little pod cave yeah. or our pod lab, you I know. Love that. Well, we started, for those of you that don't know, we were recording in Kitri's bathroom for a long time. Yeah. yeah. With one microphone plugged into a laptop, and now we've, like, I mean, we have, the, we have like, the headphones set up. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> cool. Know. But, you know, I think it's a testament to where we grew spiritually because yeah. we weren't believing for this beforehand. No. I think that we had in our mind at some point, yeah, wouldn't it be nice? But we weren't sitting there and adamantly saying, Lord, like, we believe you for this. And yeah. he absolutely came through. Yeah. So, I mean, just like a little backstory. So earlier this summer, we both attended this thing called camp meeting at um, at a church here, at my church that we go to. And it was just like a, a full week of prayer and worship and praise and learning and for me, in my personal faith journey, like that, that felt like it skyrocketed me, mm-hmm. you know, like it felt like some stuff broke off there and just like some things clicked and I heard from the Holy Spirit in ways that I was asking to hear from the Holy Spirit. And like, of course he always shows up, but like, that was like a big pivotal moment for me. And then it's just, yeah, stepping into those like little nuggets of faith where God is like, I'm going to show up for you. You just need to take that step forward. And so, like, I'm coming in with a whole new set of just, like, confidence boosters. And I'm just like, okay. I just keep hearing from the Holy Spirit, no cap on this. Like, we're going to talk about whatever comes up, you know. And, like, we're not going to be afraid. Vulnerability is something that's going to be just a natural part of this. And it's just like, if, if, if we talk about things that, like, I want to talk about things that the church doesn't want to talk about. Mm-hmm. And we, we touched on that a little bit last season about how we were so frustrated with so many of the churches and how we were so blessed to go to the churches that we go to because yeah. we both had pastors that were not afraid to um, to just speak truth and they didn't sugarcoat anything. Yeah. But we were saying that there's so many churches out there that are more numbers-minded than spiritual-minded. And they're just, oh, I can't talk about that because people will quit showing up. And that's not what we're about. You know, I just shared something today that had been on my heart, and I had read uh, something similar to it, but it, it said that your faith should not be embarrassed. 
by anything and your faith should not have any self-conscious tendencies like you need to be bold in your faith and and that's you know it's like you were talking about camp meeting and we came away with so many new spiritual tools um, to apply and just that God faith it wasn't our faith anymore like we had a God faith at that point yeah, and he's just, I mean, he shows up. I mean, I know that sounds corny and that, like, oh, everyone says that. But he really does. And, like, from my point of view, I always had the kind of, like, mindset of, oh, he'll do it for somebody else, but he not might not do it for me. And, you know, he's completely blown that out of the water mm-hmm. for me. And just these little things, like, hey, yeah, you sh- like, you're obedient. I'm going to bless you for it because, like, that's all he's looking for is obedience. He's looking for, like, those little tiny steps of faith. I mean – I, I think we've used this before, but like, look at Abraham, like, he was like, you're going to go, you're going to leave your hometown, you're going to take your family, and you're going to travel. Oh, okay, Lord, to where? Don't worry, I'll show it to you when you get there. And just I believe exactly. And like, I always prayed, Lord, just tell me exactly what you're going to do. Like, tell me exactly what you want me to do. Show me exactly. He, I was pretty much praying, like, show me the end point. And then he just like, gently corrected me and he's like that's not faith Mm -hmm. he's like if you're gonna constantly ask me for the end point and for the destination before you move that's not faith and that's not obedience absolutely you either move now or you don't move at all and that was kind of like a oof. okay I'm listening now and I'm just blown away constantly so now I'm just like what else you got yeah it's 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 such a different mindset and you know, if you guys have listened to us before, you know that Kitri and I have been on a pretty parallel spiritual path. Like yep. it's weird. There's a ten there's a decade age difference between us, Kitri. Is it really that? Yeah. I'd like to say I'm younger, but I'm the older one. But <laughs> just but it's funny. It's yeah. super funny. I mean, this is just a true testament to what God plans for your life and who he puts in your life at the right time. And we've just always had kind of that spiritual connection and learn yep. those things. And there was a time this summer that we sat down together and expressed our frustrations and doubts. Yep. And I don't want to say disbelief because that's not what it was, but it's like you said earlier, it was that whole this will happen for other people, but it's not necessarily going to happen for me. Yeah, attitude. that whole who am I type mm-hmm. attitude. And I, I think we just both struggle with that. And I think it's because of where we've come from, from our past. Mm-hmm. And the things that we've endured, the, the stupid decisions we've made throughout our life that have been like, oh, well, this totally set me back faith-wise or this set me back life-wise. Or if I didn't make that dumb decision, where would I be now? Right. But I I was listening to a podcast today, and it's called The Basement by Tim Ross. And he just invites a bunch of different people. It's a really good podcast. But he was talking to some guy I can't remember the guy's name it's Josh something but this guy was actually an actor in the porn industry and he had made over like a thousand movies in the porn industry and how God like healed him from that brought him out of that um you know and a lot of his decisions spurred from like past trauma and like him growing up but he said something that blew my mind that I literally had to pause the podcast and I had to just sit there for a little bit he said we don't own our stories. Jesus does. Yes. I was like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I don't own my story. You don't own your story. And it's like Jesus bought our story in blood. And then Tim, 
uh, went on to explain that in the in any movie industry, you have a writer, you write the script, and then you go and you search for people to buy your script for the movie or for the play or whatever. And then wh- whenever that person buys that script, they own all of it, it in its entirety. And he said, before we were even born, Jesus purchased our script mm-hmm. to our movie. And he didn't just purchase it with money. He purchased it with blood. And so we are not an owner of our story. Jesus is. And that, like, and that was, I think that was divinely put literally an hour and a half before we came yeah. to record here. It's like, you don't own your story. Because there are cer- certain things that, like, I don't like being vulnerable. And I think a lot of our listeners could probably agree with that. Like vulnerability is scary. You know, if you open yourself up to it or, you know, you speak what happened to you or if you like tell your story, you're like people might look at me different or they might judge me or they might be like, oh, really? That's what that person did. But Jesus is like, you don't own your story. I do. Yeah. He didn't die on Calvary for us to sit here and be depressed or anxious or sad or guilty yep. or any of that. He died for a purpose, and we need to own that yep. for ourselves. And when he moves, like he he moves, like if you, what, that's why I said there's no cap on this on this podcast. And it feels like now we are moving more in his will for this season than we did in season one. And it's not like we did anything wrong in season one, but I, I feel like we held back. Yeah. A little bit in season one. And I I just think it's because, you know, the Bible says he takes us from faith to faith and glory to glory. And we're just on a whole nother level of faith. We're we're kind of like, all right, God, if you if you can do that, like I'm all yours. Do whatever you want. Yeah, I don't think we had much of a direction the first season, to be honest with you. And we were just we felt like we felt the call. Yeah. to do this. But we and were it, so beginner. Yeah, it, and it was. It was real green. It was real 101, and, but it was good learning, and I listened to some of the stuff that rec- we recorded, and I listened to some of the things I said, and I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, yeah. like – where did I, where was I coming from with that? And, um, and it's been, um, it's been a good, it's been a good season for us. And it, I'm glad that we had that break. You know, I told Kitcher you were at the end of the first season. I was like, man, like, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready to do this second season. I need a spiritual humbling because so many things that kind of came about. And I was like, man, I've been saved since I was 16. Mm-hmm. And I just was on fire for God, and I never, I just, like, started doing this and this and this, and then it just became, you know, part of who I was, but I never sat there and really, like, learned the basics of what it means to Did walk Did it almost with God. feel like it got bigger than something you felt like you could handle? Yeah. Like it, it got was bigger than your reality? Because I was putting it all on myself. I wasn't, like, yeah. I wasn't trying to do, I, I had, which I absolutely am against and we've talked about this before, religion over relationship. Yeah. But it was almost like I was treating my walk like what people treat religion as because there's mm. all these rules and all these things. And yep. and it wasn't – and I knew that. I knew that it was a – it wasn't about that. It wasn't, you know, about – and I knew the whole, you know, why Jesus died on the cross and what that meant for me. But I was super hard on myself, and I just kept yeah. feeling like – that I'm not good enough. This doesn't make sense. I'm not doing this right. You know, I need to work harder. I need to, you know, I need to, you know, love Jesus even more than I already do. And, and so I'm going to do that by this, this, and this. And it was so unfulfilling and it was disheartening. Mm. And, and yeah, and I just kind of got a slap in my face, um, one day at the, after we had ended, it was like a week before we recorded that last one. Uh And, and I was struggling hard Yeah, and, 
had a lot of emotions with it. And I was just like, I need to get back to my basics. And so much of that conviction was what we had been learning through the churches. And like, and I think that's where it was, is it was like, I had learned more in a six month period. Yeah, we both had, yeah. Then, then I had my entire span of having a relationship with Christ. And for me, that was very humbling, but it was very Mm -hmm. hard to accept that I had lived all of that time um, and missing so much of the big picture and how to utilize what God had for me. Yeah. So absolutely. It's funny that you mentioned like, that's how you felt. Cause like, that's how, that's something I've been walking through lately mm-hmm. is like, I, and I, I've, I've said this before. I mean, Jesus brought me out of a very, very dark place where like at one point I was literally praying to him to kill me. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to live anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it was right after I had left a really nasty, um, not nasty, like, I almost said divorce. I wasn't married. <laughs> um, nasty split with a boyfriend of mine. And like I had made him such an idol in my life and I had put him above God that like after that happened, I didn't know who I was and like just like the constant pain of it. And so I was like, Lord, I don't want to have to wake up constantly and put a smile on my face and say hi to people and act like I'm okay when literally I don't want to live anymore. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's when I was like, Oh, I think I need therapy, <laughs> you know? And for like anybody who thinks that, oh, you don't need therapy. You have Jesus. No, no, no. Like sometimes you need therapy and theology. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus will give you people in your life who, who, and it might come in the form of a therapist. Jesus sent me, um, he sent me a man named Mark something. I can't, his last name is so like Russian um, and Andowitz or whatever, but he's a Christian man. <laughs> he's a Christian Russian counselor. I know it's so weird. <laughs> um, that's, <laughs> I hope he never listens to be like, you butchered my name again. But like, he sent me a Christian man and I was a little hesitant to be in therapy with a dude, right? with a man. Yeah, and he that. was like a colonel or something in the military. Like he, he was in the military for a long time. We're talking, I think close to three decades or over three decades in the military. And so I was really, really hesitant, but oh my gosh, like I cannot tell you like that man saved my life. And it was only because God was like, you need to, like talk to somebody about this who is a third party that it's not a friend who will be partial or biased to you. It's not a family member, you know, because like I had talked to family and friends, but you know, they always said the same thing. Like, it'll be okay. You know, God will send you your person when it's time. Oh my gosh. I want to throw up. If I heard that one more time, I was like, but he was supposed to be my person, you know? And then when you, when you put anything above God, regardless if it's a person a place, a thing, whatever, it becomes an idol. And that is who you worship. And I worshiped this man for two and a half years. And then all of a sudden, when you put your entire being into somebody else and that person is gone, like, who, like, what, what do I do? Who am I? Who am I? What am I? I didn't even know, like, what restaurants were my favorite restaurants anymore because it was always like, oh, like, where do you want to go? Oh, maybe here, but what do you want to, you know, it was like kind of one of those things. Exactly. And I struggled with that. But he sent me Mark and I mean, it was probably one of the most eye-opening things. And therapy sucks. Like therapy's hard, but it's so good. Like I even say, I was like, even if you're not depressed or anxious, everyone needs to try therapy at least once. Because there's always something in us, I think, that's like hidden that does not come out until somebody else with a fresh set of eyes sees it and pokes it a little bit. Yeah, but you have to be willing to 
absolutely that you have to go into it with open like arms and say look I'm probably going to get some things criticized about who I am and what I've done and it's not going to feel good however I'm here because I need to change yeah exactly and so that was just uh, a really big thing Mm -hmm. and so ever since that it was um and after Jesus like delivered me out of that I was like I don't ever want to disappoint him ever again and I know that's probably that probably was not the right posture to take, but I was like, I don't want to ever disappoint God ever again mm-hmm. because I have I've been in church my whole life, but that people pleasing pushed me to making decisions that completely altered the course of maybe my purpose, you know, and that it, it altered how I I view things and how I view men and how I do this. I mean, like one one small decision leads to or one small compromised decision leads to another compromised decision which leads to another one and another one and another one and then all of a sudden you're in you're in the deep and you have no idea how you got there mm-hmm. you know it's kind of like i just keep seeing a seashore you know like you're swimming you can you can put your feet on the bottom and then all of a sudden, you're out in the middle of the ocean and you can't see shore. And it was just, that was just kind of my, my life since I was 17. And it just, you know, it put me into just wanting to be that people-pleasing person for men. And so I did whatever necessary in order to try to, quote, unquote, keep them around. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was, like, a decade of me doing that. And it was like, okay, I have to break this cycle because I started realizing I'd ke- I keep doing this. I'm dating the same dude in a different rapper every single time. And like I I realized that I viewed men, or excuse me, I viewed God how I viewed men is I have to do something to win their approval. I have to do something in order to earn their love. And so when I got back around and repented and turned back my life back around I constantly said I don't ever want to disappoint God anymore mm-hmm. but what I didn't realize is like he wasn't disappointed after I repent like like I repented exactly he was like I'm proud just of the fact that you repented right. and so then I started noticing this pattern of I have to read my bible every day I have to pray every day I have to check these boxes because if I don't I'm failing him again and so that's that's something that I've like had to walk through. It's like you're not failing if you don't read your Bible one day, right. you know. And I, it's super important for me to be in the Word of God. You know, I'm not ever going to get on this podcast and be like, "This is what the Holy Spirit is saying." But I haven't opened my Bible in five months. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. I'm not going to do that. Yep. The Holy Spirit won't let me do that. Yep. Um, but it was just like I can't. I was I was becoming like a Pharisee of my own heart yep. where it was you have to check all the boxes, you have to do all of the things, but thankfully the Holy Spirit's like, no, 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 that's not what I'm wanting. I don't want you to check the boxes. I want you to check your heart. Mm-hmm. And so much of that healing comes from that mind, sh- mind shift that you have to get yourself into. Yeah. You stop looking at men and God, how, you know, in an equal like realm, mm-hmm. but you start looking at yourself and how God sees you and you stop looking outside, you yep. know, to other people, you start looking inside and say, Oh my gosh, you know, God created me to be this, this, and this, and I am this, this, and this. And, you know, you talk about reading the Bible and being 
in in your Bible, and that's one of the things that we learn. You know, the Bible literally says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Yep. And you have to be in there and you have to speak God's promises out or it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's like you just, your faith becomes, I read, I read in a book the other day and it was such a good illustration and it said, just imagine like a plane radar mm. and God watches that all the time. And when you're in faith, you, you blip up on the radar. Mm. and then when you're not, then he doesn't see you anymore, and he's just constantly watching that radar to yeah. see see your blip on that radar. He wants that faith, and he wants it to be, like, super strong and super fast, and and we do. Sometimes we, we get out of faith, and we, we absolutely um, lose track of, we get distracted, we get all of those things, but there's so much. It says read read, read, you know, get in the word and speak those promises out. And it's, it's going to be so important. But one of the things that the devil tends to do too is isolate us. And that's our natural response is to get too independent Mm -hmm. and we stop relying on other people. And God didn't create us to be that way. He created us to fellowship. It's not good for man to be alone. Yep. And that's a tool that like Satan's like, if I can just get them alone and by themselves and I start getting them in their heads and I start like getting these thoughts in their head and they don't get around all these other faith friends who can say, Hey, you're not this, you're this, you know, um, that's, that's such a good ploy of Satan to utilize. And so it's really important that, um, we just step out of that and we, we get in our word, we fellowship, we start saying, I am a child of God. I am blessed. I am redeemed. And it makes a world of difference when you speak those things out loud. Well, and one thing that popped into my head when you said, you know, he likes to, the, the devil likes to get us alone. It's like, if you look at characters of the Bible and when they started acting a fool <laughs> it's so quote unquote it's when yeah. that, that's in what chapter <laughs> <laughs> jesus is like you act in a fool <laughs> kitry verse two chapter th- or <laughs> chapter two verse 13 um no i'm just kidding um but it's like okay when did peter deny christ it's when he had space like when there was a large distance between christ and peter he wouldn't have denied Christ if Christ was there, but Christ was not there, and he was all by himself, and he was isolated, and he felt like his world was caving in, and so he was alone, and so that's when he started to deny Christ. And so if you just kind of look at those things, it's like, okay, when there is no close proximity, that's when we have that issue of um, falling, not falling out of faith, but like, you know, making those compromised choices, mm-hmm. you know, but it's like, At the same time, like, Peter denied Jesus three times. But then Jesus redeemed Peter three times Mm -hmm. by asking him, do you love me? Three times. Mm -hmm. And that hit me. I was like, oh, my gosh. He denied him three times. Mm -hmm. And then after Jesus had been resurrected, do you love me? Of course I love you. Do you love me? Of course I love you. Do you love me? Of course I love you. So not only did Jesus, like, forgive his denial of him but he redeemed him with the exact same number of I love you's as he did with uh, I don't know him and it's that's just a testament to who Jesus is and how how God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus work is like I'm gonna take your messes and then I'm going to redeem them in ways that like you don't even see I mean it's so subtle 
But then all of a sudden, one day you look back and you're like, oh, that's what you did. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we need, sometimes we need to sit back and be like, feel so overwhelmed by God's grace and mercy. I mean, just like Peter, that happened. God forgave him. And then look at the life he led after that, yeah. after, and so much reverence. I mean, he wouldn't even die in the same fashion. You know, mm-hmm. he turned his cross upside down. Like, I don't crucify me like Jesus. I'm not worthy yep. enough to be crucified like that. Turn that sucker upside down and I'll suffer that way. Yeah. You know, but, you know, back to the, the separation thing. I mean, even Satan mm-hmm. took Jesus, you know, when he was alone, uh, you know, that yep. was where he tempted him was That's when he was like away from everybody. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so, I mean, it's such a good example that you bring up because, that's where he attacks us. And so if you are listening and you're struggling because you're having all of these self-doubt thoughts and insecurities and just depression and all those things, if you're isolating yourself, like the first thing that you need to do, not you know, outside of praying and being in the word, is you need to go find friends mm-hmm. that will validate who you are in Christ. Find your faith friends. In Christ. In Christ, exactly. In Christ. And not the ones that are going to oh be like, let's go to the bar on Friday night. No. We'll drink your troubles away. No, those that's aren't not how friends. it works. Those are people <laughs> who actually care about you. <laughs> those are people who want to use you. Like, I, I see it all the time. Yeah. Like, oh, it's fine. I'll just let you <laughs> just do what makes you happy. It's fine. I'll sit back and watch you yeah. destroy Make a yourself. fool of yourself and they'll let you and they'll laugh at you. Those are not friends. Nope. And, like, if you are only surrounding yourself with people who prop you up, like, you're surrounding yourself with the wrong people. Like, you should be friends with people who will sit you down and be like, you're acting a fool. Well, it's it's companion faith. That's yeah. exactly what it is. And you look in the Bible, and I think it's Luke 5 when the, they they dropped the, the paralyzed man down the roof. Mm-hmm. It wasn't his faith. It was his the friend's, friend's faith. faith. And find friends like those. Find friends like those that will take you regardless of your belief at the time and haul you up onto a rooftop and drop you down into a meeting of people who are lawmakers and super smart. I mean, that was the problem with that group of people in that in that house that Jesus was preaching to is that they were there to try to prove Jesus wrong. They were there to try to catch him. They didn't have that belief, but I tell you what, they sure believed after they saw that miracle. Yeah. And, and it was all because of friends and Jesus had his friends too. He chose his, his disciples. Yeah. And like the biggest thing when it comes to community or family or friends is that like you need people around you to hold you accountable and like you need to find like Christian people to submit yourself under, Mm -hmm. like find somebody wiser than you, find somebody better than you, find somebody that you're like, Oh, I need the faith of this person or like, this is somebody I want to be. But like one thing that Jesus has been like working with me is, is like, you need to submit yourself to people who are Mm -hmm. better than you. And it's because he knows I have a, a deep competitive spirit where I want to be the best at, like, I, I don't want to just do things halfway. Right. I want to be good at them. I want to be excellent at them, and w- which is a good thing in some ways. But in other ways, my competitiveness makes me go, well, why are they getting it, but I'm not? Mm-hmm. And he's like, you need to put yourself under somebody who's better than you because you need to make sure that you're getting checked mm-hmm. as you're going along. 
And so I'm like, okay. And so like you and I both did that. Like we met with our pastor and we're like, hey, like we want you to, to link up with us on this. And he's like, yeah, let's get together. Let's have meetings. Let's talk about how it's going. And like, you know, we need to make sure that we're like submitting ourselves under good advice mm-hmm. and good people, not just people who are like, oh, I love you no matter what you do. Yeah. Or oh, I'll accept you no matter what you do. No. We, we recognize though that need for spiritual protection because we can be in this room and we can have a goal and we can have the Holy Spirit working through us. However, Satan is going to try to attack us and be that in the means of, you know, maybe, maybe one of us says something that the other is like, oh, that didn't feel good. Or, you Mm -hmm. know, that, that hit wrong, you know, regardless of the intention. I mean, he works in those ways. And so we know that Satan will try to deter us in those. So we, outside of how we pray, we needed spiritual protection um, for whatever may happen. And that's biblical for one. And especially for women, I mean, that's Titus too. It tells you go find a woman in, in the church that that yeah. can mentor you that can, and, and those older women find somebody younger to mm-hmm. train, to teach. Yep. And older women are not um, outdated. Yes. Thank you. Why are you looking right at me? You're looking. Older. No, like I'm just like, I'm just making <laughs> eye contact, but like I'm just teasing. older women are not outdated. And I know a lot of older women in the church and what, and for the third chair, or like, you know, people listening, whenever we say like the church, we mean like the whole church, Christianity Mm -hmm. as a whole, the body of people, people, because it says that like the believers are the church. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, I know a lot of older women feel outdated, like, oh, you know, my time was way back here. They're not going to listen to me. No, some of the best advice I have ever gotten in my entire life are from women who are three or more decades older than me. Mm Because I'm, they, they've lived life longer than I have. And, oh, my gosh, do not think that your little grandma Peggy did not go nuts on a Friday night when she was 19. Like. Keggy Peggy. Keggy Peggy. <laughs> Keggy <laughs> But it's true, though. Like, I mean, yeah, our, like the older generation might have had a classier way of doing it. But come on, sin is sin. It's been the same yeah. since the beginning of time. You mean to tell me that just because they were born in 1930 means that they're a saint? Probably did things worse. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and there wasn't social media around to document, right, document it. it. <laughs> so they got out of it a little bit easier because it's not posted on Snapchat. But like older women do not think that you do not have influence. Because, number one, God calls you to shepherd. God calls all of us to shepherd people. But, like, do not think that you have no influence because you're, like, you go home when your, like, mission is done here. I don't care if you're 90. I don't care if you're 19. Absolutely. Like, you have the power and authority of Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. with you always. It does not matter how old you are. Now, with that said, if you are older, do not look at the younger generation and cast them aside. Amen. Like, I see it all the time. I mean, I'm 28. I'm considered a millennial. I do not like <laughs> that I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm a millennial. But at the same time, we are always looked down upon as that stupid generation. Or they're just too far gone. They just want to do their own thing. There's no helping them. I cancel the assignment of those words in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Do not look at the younger generation and be like, they're, they're beyond help. Yep. Because um, 
if Jesus can take your bad situation and make it for better, he can turn that bad situation and turn it for better. Absolutely. Like, do not count somebody out of their age, regardless if they are 90 or 19, mm-hmm. because that's not being a disciple. Yeah. And you're, so you're literally speaking a curse on somebody by saying, saying they're not um, capable. You're, those are your words. They're coming out. And that is yeah. so un, un quote unquote Christian, like, you know, oh as far gosh. as what it is. And so you have to be willing, you have to fulfill your purpose. And Kitri's absolutely right. We are all created for a purpose in this world. And it is not our time until that is fulfilled or until you say, I'm not going to even look for that purpose. Yeah. yeah. Not going to do it. And, and yeah. the Lord knows you won't. Yeah. I just like legit got hot. And that's usually when I feel the Holy Spirit. I'm like, <laughs> she started glowing. Ooh, yes, that's right. I'm illuminating. <laughs> no, um, but and it's I'm Moses. So true. <laughs> Moses. <laughs> yes. Um, but I, it's, I mean, it's true. And like younger people, once again, do not discredit the 80 year old woman in your church. Be like, oh, they have no idea. Oh, they have every idea because they've seen it all. Mm-hmm. They've lived for 80 years. What do you think? (laughs) And you know what? The thing about it is, is that those women, that even though they're regardless of age, when you get that Holy Spirit, you have discernment. And if they're strong in faith and they have that and they've had that for years, you best believe that half of them can look at you and know what's going on with you. They don't even have to talk to you. Yeah. Like, especially if they are so deeply connected with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was like, yeah, they're lifting their hands in church right now in praise, but they were wiling out last night. Mm -hmm. Like, you just know. And I'm not like trying to, and it's not to place judgment. It's no, that the Lord's whatsoever. speaking to you about the situation. Yeah. Or like, hey, this person has a smile on their face, mm-hmm. but they're real close to not wanting to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's like taking them under those wings. Like, And that's, I think, a, a big thing you and I have both learned is that, number one, there are power in our words. Mm-hmm. Like massive, massive power. Because we have the authority of Jesus Christ as believers Like, if you have accepted Jesus into your heart and he is fully Lord and Savior of your life, then you have authority because the Bible literally said you get authority. Like, Jesus said, you will do greater things than I will in my name. In my name. And so whatever we speak is in the authority of Jesus Christ. So you best watch what you say. If you speak in his name and you believe, it will be. Absolutely. Yep. Whatever is bound on earth is will be bound in heaven. Whatever is loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. And, you know, that's one thing God's like, you got to watch your sarcasm. Mm-hmm. Because even though I'm meaning it as a joke, the devil doesn't know the difference. Mm-hmm. And so he will be like, oh, she, she's, you know, she, and I, a thing I always used to say is like, whenever like a, the smallest inconvenience would happen, I'd be like, oh, I hate my life. Mm-hmm. As a joke or being sarcastic. And like that was put, to bed real quick mm-hmm. he's like Mm-mm, you don't say that and now it's almost <laughs> I'm gonna say this like don't judge me y'all it's almost annoying now because I feel like I can't even say anything without Jesus being <laughs> like ah don't even let that come out I didn't create you to be that yeah and I'm just like oh, okay what's a different way to say <laughs> you know but it's like um and some uh, a gal in my church said this that they did a science study with water they took two separate form, uh, two separate like bowls or cups or whatever of water, and all they did into one bowl of water was speak negative things over this water, 
I know this sounds weird. I promise I'm going somewhere with this. And then with the other bowl of water, they spoke nothing but positive and love and kindness and goodness. And then they froze it. And what they found is the, um, the bowl that was like negative, what just spoke negative, like its crystal formations were just like blobs. They had like no symmetry. They were really uneven, really ugly. Tainted. Yeah. And then the water that they spoke good things over, it was like beautiful, like perfect little crystals and everything, you know, kind of like a little snowflake. And then she was like, your body is made up of 70% water. Amen. So whatever you speak out over somebody else or over even your own life, like you're you are putting the essence of those words into the very molecule of your body. God created water with words. Yes. If that's not proof enough, then, I mean, that's such a good example. Yeah. Everything was spoken into creation. Mm-hmm. Literally everything. The stars, the moon, the lightness, the darkness, the water, the, like everything was spoken. Mm-hmm. And if you say that words don't have power, like how on earth are we sitting on this very earth mm-hmm. right now? If it, not for a word, <laughs> I did not mean to make that pun. I love it though. At the same time, <laughs> can you I'm enter fine. in a little? <laughs> I think I actually can. Oh, it's in oh. here somewhere. Oh no, I don't think it's in there. Okay. Anyways, oh. but <laughs> darn it. But yeah, it's new equipment. She's super excited. I'm, oh my gosh, I'm like it's, it's all different colors and shiny. Yes, and it's amazing. It's amazing, and it's got cute little thingies. Yeah. Oh, it, I had the volume turned. <laughs> That was, that was the, that was the <laughs> guidance of the Holy Spirit. He's like, girl, do not take everyone through those sound effects that you have programmed on there. That was oh, beautiful. But yeah, I mean, the whole earth was spoken into existence by a single word. Yep. And so like. That and, was powerful. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Just like, okay, let's just sit there mm-hmm. and like, let that soak in for a second because, and I know a lot of people especially from my generation, we don't want to come across as being like braggadocious. That's not a word, but it is now. (laughs) Or, you know, so we think humility is tearing ourselves down Mm -hmm. because we never want to be like, oh, well, you just think you're better than somebody. So it's normal for people in my generation or just anybody. I don't even know if it's, you know, specific to my generation, but it's normal to degrade yourself in order to act humble towards others. And it's like, no, fam. Mm -hmm. No. Give all that glory to God. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You say, oh, and and you're absolutely right, and I don't think it's just your generation. I mean, people are like, oh, wow, you look beautiful. And then your immediate thing is, I just, I feel like a mess. I feel like a, you know, a slob. I feel like whatever. You know, Mm -hmm. no, you own that. You know, I I feel great in the Lord today. I really do. And there's a, there's a big difference between like being cocky and being confident or like being like arrogant about it. Like you can, you can know that you, that (laughs) you can know that you're awesome. I almost said something else. Um, and be humble about it. Well, it's just, you know, like with my store, people come in there like, oh, you have such a great store. And it would be very easy for me to be like, oh, thank you. We worked really hard on that, Mm -hmm. you know? 
I don't have that story because of me. I have that story because the Lord provided and opened the doors for me. So the correct response there is, yes, the Lord has blessed me exceedingly. Once again, our story is not ours, but Jesus's. And that goes for everything. Like what we have is because of God. Mm -hmm. The Bible says every good thing comes from the Lord. So like if you put food on the table, like, yeah, God gave, like you, you worked for that, but God gave you the ability to work for Mm -hmm. it. You know, and so, like, I mean, I'm looking at this, like, pod lab right now, and it was like, we didn't do this. Mm-hmm. God did. And the people who, like, donated money for it did this. Like, people who believed in us did this. And it was just, like, those small steps of obedience that people took. And that, like, one small step of obedience, we're like, okay, maybe we should see if, People will donate. In 11 days, hmm. we made our donation goal. Yeah. And it's like, we didn't do that. Yeah. God did. And, like, I remember, like, when the last donation came in, I was in public, and I almost started crying. And I hate crying in public because <laughs> I'm, like, an ugly crier. My face gets puffy. My eyes get super red. And I'm just, like, snot goes everywhere. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. But I just went home, and I just hit my knees, and I just, like, cried. Yeah. And thanked God because mm-hmm. once again, he's shown up in my life in ways that like I never thought he would do for me. And that's another curse that I put on myself, even in my mind. I didn't even say it out loud, but I did it in my mind like, oh, it just might not happen. Mm-hmm. And then God literally like gave us the the funding we needed for all of this stuff in 11 days. But... Under going going back, and we'll we'll touch on tithing and stuff probably in a different podcast, but and and we'll just yeah. touch on it super quick here. Um, that was a conversation that Kitri and I had. We had self doubt about like because you know it was like oh man this is this is gonna hurt you know to, yeah. to tithe this ten percent this mm-hmm. this week or this month or you know and and so it was kind of like a a thing where we were like okay we're either in this or we're not. And we're going to be joyful givers and we're yeah. not going to sit here and say joyful yeah. is the key word. Key there. word. It's not a, oh, I am expected to give. Oh, I'm going to give because I'm obligated. The church to. is just trying to steal yeah. my money from me. No, nope. it was a mindset shift on what that money doesn't go to the church. That money goes to God's kingdom. And it was also a reality thing where it was like, we, we're not obligated to give. Kitcher, we get to give. We get to yep. give back to the Lord. Yep. And so it was definitely that mindset shift. And I tell you what, you know, it, it sure didn't take a lot of time. Mm-hmm. It took some time and it kind of, I think, tested, tested our resolve a little bit and saying, but it, it, I think that was God sitting there saying, are you going to keep believing even when it doesn't produce yet? Are you going to start obeying? Yep. And that obedience is such a key. Yep. You, you, this is not me saying it. I just heard the Holy Spirit tell me. You do not get my blessings without obedience. Mm-hmm. And it's Period. Biblical. Absolutely. Like, so you have kids. I do not have kids. Mm-hmm. When you give your children presents, little things here or there, if you, if you watched them play with it once and then toss it off to the side and it's destroyed in a week, mm-hmm. would that make you want to keep giving yeah, them stuff? Absolutely not. And that's what so, uh, something that we repeatedly say. Yep. You know, I say to them, you know, when they say, oh, I want this or can you get me this? 
I will absolutely love to do this because, mm-hmm. you know, I want to reward the fact that you did this, this, or this. Mm-hmm. However, you know, I want you to show me appreciation. How are you stewarding over the things that yep. I've given you? Yep. Same same idea. I mean, here's a, here's another picture the Holy Spirit just gave me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. If you buy a lottery ticket, and let's say you win the mega millions, like let's say $90 million, you have to pay taxes over that. Mm-hmm. If you get $90 million and you have to, I don't know, I don't know what the tax rate is on that stuff, but if you have to give, let's say, $9 million back in taxes, you just won $90 million. You can have the $9 million. Mm-hmm. I still get $91 million. Mm-hmm. It's that same idea. Yep. Like, if you won the lottery, you wouldn't mind paying those taxes. You just got all of this money. It's the same thing when it comes to tithing, but it it's the only place in the Bible where it says, test me on this, yep. where God actually says, you get to test me on this and just watch me open the doors and the windows of heaven for you. It's one of the examples of blind faith. Absolutely. Blind faith. Yes. You don't see the return immediately. You have to put it in and you have to say, Lord, this is my seed. Grant me a harvest off of it. And then you believe that that's coming. Mm -hmm. And absolutely. It has been amazing. Just within this month, you and I both have just seen the Lord work and just, it's just been amazing. And once again, like, you know, I've, I've watched, people that I just adore tithe and tithe. And, you know, it, it, they're always like, you know, the money always comes in. Mm -hmm. No matter what, the money always comes in. And so then I started tithing and like, I kid you not, my bills were always paid. Mm -hmm. Even on months where I was like, if I tithe, I will have no money or like, I'll have to take away from my grocery bill Mm -hmm. or I'll have to take away that I'll have to do this. And I always had money and it didn't just magically appear. It was like God gave me some extra hours at my job or someone was just like, hey, here's a hundred bucks. Like I remember one month I was so low on money after tithing and my grandparents, oh, bless their souls. They're like, we want to pay for your groceries this month and gave me a gift card for it. Like it's little things like that, Mm -hmm. that I would not have seen Mm -hmm. beforehand. And it's like, oh. I mean, it's not like you tithe and all of a sudden you're going to be handed a check for a million dollars. You have to look for God's divine blessings in small things too. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's like, I mean, I know we said we were going to do a separate yeah. episode <laughs> for tithing, but it just feels so good to like kind of get all this stuff out. You know, but like, here's the thing. God doesn't want your money. No, absolutely. He doesn't need like, it. He doesn't need, he doesn't need it. Like the streets are paved with gold mm-hmm. in heaven. Do you really think? He needs your $123. He doesn't need it. He's testing where your heart is. Because money is the biggest thing. Let me put it this way. Money has people. People don't have money. And I think it is the biggest way that our heart is tested for God. Is because there is something about money that will turn some of the most kind people into complete heathens. Mm -hmm. There is something about money that when in the wrong priority can be demonic almost where it will just turn the hearts of people into just complete monsters when it's not in the right priority place. And so if you put money above God, it's in the wrong spot. 
And the, but it starts then. So you change that. You start yep. by being a cheerful giver. Yep. And your heart has to be in the absolute right spot or you're not going to get that reward. You're not going to get it back because yep. God sees our hearts and he's, he's absolutely going to know, what are you going to do with this? And when I give you this, are you immediately going to be like, praise you, Jesus. Yep. Thank you, Jesus, so much. This was your yep. blessing. Are you going to be like, score, I'm going to go get this, this, and this that I don't need now. You know, he Mm -hmm. wants to know what you're going to, and it's not like he doesn't want you to have, like, God wants you to be prosperous. He he wants you to have all the things that make you happy. I've come to give you life and give it abundance. Absolutely. And so if you do take that and you're like, you know what, I've been needing a new vehicle and I believed for a new vehicle. I'm going to go get myself, you know, get me myself a new vehicle. That's okay. It's not saying you can't do that. Right. You don't have to penny pinch and immediately turn around and get, you know, what you get back, you do need to take. I mean, that was the thing that I was like, finally got myself into the mindset of because it kept happening. Mm-hmm. And like, I was like, oh, I just got a spiritual gift here. Oh, this was a spiritual or, or a financial gift here. Or, yep. Oh, this is a financial blessing here. And so when it came to tie that week, because I got a couple in one week, yeah. um, not, not great big ones or anything like that, but it was enough to where I was like, you know what? I'm adding that to my income for this week and mm-hmm. I'm t- tithing 10% out of this because I'm going right. to give it back. And I'm super happy to do that because mm-hmm. the Lord came through and blessed me this week. Absolutely. And like, I remember, I mean, yes, you want to have a cheerful heart when you give, but I remember when I first started, it hurt to write that check mm-hmm. like it did. Yep. I mean, and so it was kind of like a fake it till you make it. It's hard. It's really hard. And like when we say like God wants to bless you and give you life in abundance, he absolutely does. But that doesn't always mean he's going to make you a millionaire. He might bless you with six kids when you, you know, when you, might not have ever been able to have children. You know, it comes in different ways and not just necessarily financing. Like, I don't want it to turn into, like, prosperity gospel thing. But that's the first place that he's like, I'm. you need to, like, check your heart on this. And it's just like, okay, if you will steward well over your money, when I start giving you more, I can trust you with the increase. Like, if you're like, oh, once I get more money, then I'll tithe. That's not how it works. No, not because it's never going to happen. Because if you never tithed, when you had $1,000 coming in every month, what on earth makes you think that God is going to, like that you're, like God is going to believe that you're going to tithe when he gives you, let's say like $5,000 a month or 10,000 or whatever. Like he's like, nah, if you, if you don't steward over what you have in the little, I'm not going to trust you with more. So, so what does it look like? It's hard. Like we yep. said, it's super hard. Those first checks that you write are ridiculously hard. And yes, you're going to have doubt. You're going to walk away and you're going to be like, I did this and I want to believe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I hope that it works, but I'm still super nervous about this bill, this bill, and this bill. Those doubts are natural, but what do you do with them and how do you speak that out? It, it You have to grow your faith. And you do so by saying, Okay, I know in my heart this is scary, but I'm going to speak out loud. My bills are going to be paid. Mm-hmm. You know, I am going to have this income coming in. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Jesus, if you said it, you're going to yep. do it because you will not fail. And you just like, you have to speak it out yep. loud. You can't say it in your head. You actually have to speak it out loud. Speak and it. that was something that, like, going back to the words thing, I love where this conversation is going. It's just everything and everywhere, and I'm a, here for it. <laughs> but it's like the word thing. I was like, okay, I would say it in my head. But there is something when it comes out of your mouth, 
it's the authority thing. When it comes out of your yep. mouth is when it is spoken into existence. Yep. If you just think it, it's not the same thing. Yep. It's it's not. And so you're like, okay. So I remember one day I literally, <laughs> this is so funny. I practiced speaking That's things good. out. Yes. Because I had never done that. I, I, I didn't know how much power words had. And so at first when I started, I seriously said, God, I feel so stupid because I was just, I, I went to my house. I closed all of my shades in my, in my house because I didn't want anyone to like see me. I don't know why. I just wanted, wanted it to be in 100%, just me and God, no distractions. Because if somebody walked by with their dog, I probably would have stopped, to be completely honest. I would have been like, oh my gosh, they're probably like, what is that person doing in their own home? I'm, I'm talking to Jesus, okay? Oh. But it's like I closed all my blinds and I just started speaking out. And I said, Lord, this feels so stupid. And I just heard, keep going. Mm -hmm. So I did. And I think it was like half an hour. And by the end, I was like yelling. It's empowering. Oh, my gosh. It was like I felt so edified and mm -hmm. built up. And by the end, and then then I just started speaking out things for people mm -hmm. that, like, I hadn't seen in forever. And I'm like, Holy she Spirit. will be free from this. Yep. She will. And I was just like, I do not know where this came from. And then, like, when I started getting into it, like – like I my sister refuses to speak to our family at this point she's very hurt very lost and she's trying to do it on her own she's exactly where I was when I was 22 and when I like then all of a sudden I just started speaking out over her and it just came out of nowhere it came it came out like I started about like the tithing thing mm -hmm. and then it grew into something else and then it like was over a business and then it was over a different person and then it was over Logan and when I started doing that the Holy Spirit started showing me things about her and in her life and like in what she's feeling that I never saw before mm -hmm. and that I couldn't have known and it's it is the power of the Holy Spirit and the authority that we have yeah. that when you connect your spirit with the Holy Spirit like he will bring revelation to you about things that you don't have any business knowing, sure. but he's just like, he's going to be like, yeah. And, and that's so it, you know, the other day I was driving to work and it's not a far drive. It literally takes a minute for me. We live in a town of 7,000 people <laughs> and you can literally drive from out of town to the other side of out of town in 10 minutes. Yep. But so I, I was taking the back roads and the minute I put my car into drive, I, my kids were at school and I just immediately started feeling like the spirit was saying, you need to pray, you need to yeah. pray for your kids. Yeah. And so I was like, absolutely. And I was, I was just driving and the whole drive to work, I was completely just like, you know, in the name of Jesus, you know, Satan, you, I was yelling at Satan. I was yeah. like, you have no authority. You are defeated. You stay away, go away. I'm done with you. I'm so sick of you. I mean, I was, I was livid. Which is exactly, I think the posture you have to take yep. with him because Absolutely. he's such an ignorant loser. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and I'm driving and I'm speaking in tongues and I'm like, you know, just in the spirit. And I'm just like, yes, you know, this is, this is where in the spirit is telling me. And I was just like, so adamant in being, um, praying that protection over my kid. And so that, that period goes away. And, you know, and a couple of days later, I meet a guy on the street that's a friend of mine. We just happened to run into each other because I was walking to work that day. And he was like, hey, I, I drove by you the other day. And he said, I just, I just wanted to make sure you were okay because I think you were on the phone and you were yelling at somebody. And um, I just wanted to make sure that, he you know, you yeah, he did. He, he saw me yelling at that. Satan. 
And I had I to laugh that. and I was just like, oh no, I was just having a conversation with God, you know, and, and just telling Satan off. And he was a Christian, so he, he totally understood that, you mm-hmm. know, but I had to, I thought it was super funny because he was like, it, it, the funny thing about it was he was like, I was honking at you too. Like I was trying to get your attention. I was right by you when I was honking. Not a clue, not yeah. a clue, because that's where my focus was as I was in that moment. But we have to be bold. We have to be um authoritative because we have the authority yeah and the closer that we have gotten to recording Mm -hmm. and you know doing season two and getting everything wrapped up I was like oh yeah like we're not gonna beat around the bush anymore Mm -hmm. so like (laughs) I'm a sassy person so this is gonna come out sassy but this is like if you don't like it tough right like and I pray to God I said God like I can have a mouth on me where I, like I said, put a filter on my mouth when there is a filter needed. Because the last thing I want to do is just be like, I'm going to say whatever I want to say and I'm just going to, no, I'm going to I'm going to make sure I use discernment. And the Holy Spirit is like going to be with me and us throughout this whole thing. I don't want to record a single podcast where he's not here. Right. Because that's when the filter of my mouth pops off and I can say some stupid stuff. And I just know that's just me. But with the Holy Spirit, I'm like, put a filter where there needs a filter and take off the filter when the filter needs to be taken off. And I said, and give me the backbone and the courage to speak your truth when you're asking me to, regardless of how scary it is and regardless if it's going to make some people mad. Because I saw something the other day and I shared it on our Facebook page that it was like, sometimes it doesn't matter if they're going to like it or not, but they need the truth. Mm -hmm. It was something along those lines. And it was just like, we just have to make sure it gets out there. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it in love. I'm going to try to be as, like, gracious as I can. But, like, if if you don't like it. It's, it's a Jesus know. example. It's like yeah. It's like the woman at the well. It's using grace and mercy. You know, it's like he, he wasn't, he, he told her. I know what you've done. Like you're, you've been married five times yeah. and you're living with a dude. Yeah. You're not married to the one that you're with right now. You know, he called her out on that, but he also said, go and sin no more. Yeah. Like he could. And, and all of these other examples when, you know, when they brought the woman that they had literally pulled out, my pastor yeah. was talking about this the other day. He said, you know, they literally drug this woman out as an adulteress and more than likely she was, Probably not wearing a lot because they wanted to embarrass her and they wanted they to. They caught her in the act, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Which is, which means she's not wearing Right. And so they drag her out in the public and they're like trying to get, get Jesus. And they're like, what would you do? And what does he say? He was like, is any of you without sin? If you are, then go and be the one that cast the first stone. Yep. And they they walked away. And he told her, he said, where, where are your accusers? And she said, there are none. And he was like, go, go and sin no yeah. more. Those are examples of mercy and grace. Yeah. And we have to have those as well. And we are supposed to follow Jesus's example. We don't get to do whatever we want and be like, oh, I did it in the name of God. No, that's where the church has gotten into <laughs> so, so many problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and given other people a bad name is because they have done things and said things and be like, oh, yeah, that's from God. Like, wherever did Jesus do that? Like, for example, you use the woman at the well, right? So, yeah, he called her out as an adulteress, not in a mean way. You know, it literally said, you know, he said, yeah, like, go and bring your husband. She says, I have no husband. And he goes, yeah, you're right. 
you've been married five times and the man you were with, you were not married to. But that was at the very end of the conversation. Mm-hmm. He did not start with that because if he started with that, he would have lost his audience. Absolutely. And that's where the church gets it wrong sometimes is we start with the bad news before they've even heard and accepted the good news. Mm-hmm. Like, why do we keep doing that? You, you immediately lose your audience when you come out guns a-blazing yeah. without sitting down and first telling them the good news. Mm-hmm. If he would have said, oh, yeah, you've been married five times right off the bat, she would not have heard a single thing he said. But he started off with, hey, can you get me a drink of water? I'm sure she's probably like, get your own water, man. <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, you'll keep coming back to this well because you're thirsty if you continue to drink from the world. Right. But if you drink from the water that I give you. Like, living water. Living water. He started with that. Mm-hmm. And it was only Peaks after. Peaks curiosity. Yeah. yeah. But it was only after she accepted that and heard that that he gently corrected her on her sin and said, go and sin no more. And she went and became one of the greatest witnesses of that, I mean, of that town. Like she ran yeah. and told everybody. Literally everyone. He knew me. He knew me. Yeah. He, he told me everything I did. Yep. How many people have, has the church turned away that could have been like that for the kingdom of God because they started with the bad news first? Yep. I mean, can you imagine, can you imagine just where we've been in our past and going out and judging somebody for something? I mean, that's, that's a humbling that we do need, you know, being able to sit there and recognize, oh my gosh, you know, like this person needs me and needs help and needs somebody to be compassionate because people weren't always compassionate to me. And I know how that felt. It's yeah. I mean, I can think of like a couple examples where I'm just like, like that hurts Mm -hmm. and like even to this day like you think back on those times and you might not think too kindly of those type of people you might have forgiven them but you remember that sting absolutely but it's like you cannot constantly you know it's like do you want the bad news or the good news first with Jesus it always has to be good news first when it comes to the gospel we always have to put the good news first That and that's, that's where we're at. No, thou, thou, no, I'm thou. Sorry. <laughs> Welcome to the King James Is podcast. Thou dost 1876. <laughs> Speak ye truth. <laughs> I shall. That is, I believe, where we are a little bit different this season, is because mm. we are being made aware by the Spirit things that we didn't see beforehand and we are feeling things that we didn't feel beforehand and when I say that our passion for the lost I think Mm -hmm. has been super heightened yep and I don't think that that was I don't know and maybe I'm speaking out of turn but I know at least for me but I think equally compassion is not a term that you would necessarily equate I know with me um, somebody that I necessarily was, I was kind, but I was like, mm, yeah, sucks for you. Yeah. I would Not say compassionate. I'm a kind person. Mm-hmm. Kind. Like, I, like I'll smile at you and wave when I pass on the street. I'll be nice to you when we're in line. I'll let you cut me in the grocery store if I only have one thing and you have a whole thing. Like, go for it. I don't care. But like, 
I can also very, very much take the position of, well, you did it to yourself. Yep. You made your bed lying. It sucks for you. Mm-hmm. But I am so glad that's not how Jesus operates. Yes. Because if he did that, I I would either be in a, a situation where I'd be massively unhappy or I would not be here anymore. And I think in our, our personal lives, God has put both of us in positions where we're having to work and utilize that compassion a lot. And I know for me, I, it's so funny. Um, I've, I love my children, obviously like they're near and dear to me, but I would hope so. Yeah. Well, you your know. kids are so freaking cute. I love <laughs> them so much. Um, other people's children, I've always just kind of been like, eh, you know, mm-hmm. and this past year being in the schools and volunteering and stuff has helped me. Um, but it's never really where I saw my purpose for the Lord going. And uh-huh. so <laughs> the other day I'm just sitting here and I told Kitri this, I was like, I was just sitting there and I was praying to God and I was like, Lord, I am so ready. You know, show me, I feel stagnant right now. You know, I know we've got the podcast, you know, and we've got this give ministry, but give me more <laughs> and I'm ready. And wh- wherever you want me, put me. Uh-huh. So literally the next day, um, my mom and I get asked to be, to take over the children's ministry at the church. And, and you're like, that is not what I was, I was like, oh, you're funny, God. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Like me, kids, Sunday school. Mm, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Like really don't think so. But I was like, okay. Because he literally, like that voice, he was like, you asked for it. You asked me where I wanted you. This is where I want you. And for about five seconds, I was like, yeah, but mom can do this alone. And mm-hmm. then he was like, I didn't ask just your mom to do this. I told you yep. to do it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fine. And I, I wasn't like a cheerful, like, fine. I was like, fine, I'll do it. And thankfully, we had like a week or so before we started because I really started praying mm-hmm. on it and God really started working on my heart. And I was like, okay, Lord, I am sorry. Like, I had a bad attitude about that. And this is what I asked for, and you know best, and this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to do it cheerfully, and I'm going to love it. And I've been doing it for three weeks now. Mm-hmm. It's like one of my favorite parts of the week, Aww. going in. And then I, when I see those kids at school drop off, and they run up to me, mm-hmm. and they're like, Miss Tasha, Miss Tasha, and they just throw their arms around me, yeah. like impactful. And yeah, it's, it's like, humbling. yeah, it is. And it's been, it's God was like, this is where it starts. This is because I, I, I told them, I, I told my pastor, I was like, I, I'm an adult teacher. Like I, I work with adults. I don't, I don't, you know, talk to kids about God. (laughs) I mean, other than my Mm -hmm. own, I have a pretty strict, you know, um, spiritual rich, like, um, routine with my kids that we learn things, but, um, it was never in my mindset that I was going to go and do that with other people. And he has just put this like thing, um, in my heart about this is where it starts. If you don't start these kids now, you're going to lose them. Yeah. And it's like, if, if we won't steward over the next generations of the next generations of believers, like who will? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you have to, (laughs) that's why they always say start them young, you know, like that, that's that saying start them young. And it's because when they learn it, when they're younger, they're so much more equipped to deal with that and like know what to do when they're older. And it's like, you might be saving 
like the next generation from a generational curse. Like you might be breaking off a generational curse of like a child Mm -hmm. and saving the next generation from having to go with that. Or you're raising up the next generation of Moses's or Abraham's or David's or Paul's or Peter's or whatever in those little kids. And it's like, oh, they're, they're too little to understand. They understand way more. And I mean, Jesus doesn't say have the faith of an adult. That's right. He says, have the faith of, faith of a child. Let the little children come to me. Suffer the little children, yes. And it's because when they're little, there is something in their spirit, their soul, their body, their mind that understands. At some, of like the, some of the best things I've ever heard about Jesus have come from kids. Mm-hmm. And it's because they understand in its entirety his love. And they just get it. And they they haven't had other life stuff to deal with. And so they see his love in its purest form. Yeah. And so he, like, those babies are the next generation of disciples or apostles. Mm-hmm. And so it's super important. Because if you don't teach them now that you the go world to Jesus will. for everything, yeah, the world will. And that's that's like with my kids. I tell them. When you are happy, you go to Jesus. When you're sad, you go to Jesus. When you're angry, you go to Jesus. Teach them to pray first over everything. Absolutely. And then feel what the Lord tells you or get that break before you just immediately react. That's been the big thing in my household is you think before you react. You know, that's what I had always said. And now it's you pray before you react. And it's... It's so important, and it's just been kind of eye-opening. But, you know, we were talking about um, a couple of weeks ago. I had, I've, You've heard this a thousand times, but uh, for the sake of this, yeah, I, you know. Um, I was oh, like I've never heard it before. Yeah, okay. I have something new to tell you. It's wonderful. Oh, my gosh. What is it? <laughs> so I was listening to this podcast. Um, we love podcasts, by the way. Yeah, clearly. But, <laughs> I was listening to this podcast and it was Jesse Duplantis and it was his story about when he was taken up to heaven. And he says that he, he met with Jesus and he was talking to Jesus and he was talking to him about, you know, his, his sacrifice and, um, and everything. And he was just being very poignant with him. And he Jesse went with the whole mindset that the crucifixion was Jesus's worst day. And he was mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, some, some, something along the lines of, aren't you glad that that's over with or whatever? Right. I am paraphrasing and taking massive liberties with this story. So I apologize, Jesse, <laughs> because you are listening to totally. this podcast. I know you are. Um, and it hit me like a ton of bricks, what he said that Jesus said to him. And he said that Jesus told him that my worst day is yet to come. And he was referring to um, when when he comes back and he takes us again, because at that point he's going to have to tell and shed tears to all the people who chose not to follow him and not to believe in him. And that he had all these tears left to cry because each one would represent somebody who chose not to believe. And that he had to turn away. That he had to turn away. And he told Jesse, go and tell them that I am coming. And Jesse was like, well, they know you're coming. And he was like, no. I like, got coming. stern. Oh, I just like, got chills. Yeah. I just got full down to my toes. I just got chills. Ooh. 
Yep. Because, oh my, that is it though. And that is where I think like it, that whole, just that whole snippet of listening to that set me on fire because he, he got stern with him. He was like, no, I am coming. You go. This is your purpose. I am coming soon. Soon. And you go. And every soul that you win for me, that is one tear that I have left to cry. And that is what your purpose in this world is. It's not to go and it's not to, you know, live the best life that you can. It is to go and you win people for me because your life in this world is but a moment. Mm-hmm. It is not eternity. And I do not want you to waste what I have given you, the gift that I have given you to go and just not tell people because when it comes time to eternity, those people that aren't here, that's on you. Mm-hmm. And that was like, oh God. It's like our life on earth is like a grain of sand yep. on the entire beach. Absolutely. And it's like, I can't remember where I heard this, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I still have chills, but it's like, what if you get to heaven or like we get to judgment day? Cause everyone, even believers yep. and non-believers is going to have to face that. Believers just get to face it with a little less sweat on their brow. Um, but it's like, what if you're standing next to one of your best friends and they looked at you and said, why did you never yep. tell me? Yep. And it's like, that's on you. Yeah. It's not on God because, and, you know, and everyone says, well, well, God found me. God found me or, or like I found God. I found God. I totally ruined the punchline. That's fine. You're like, oh yeah, I found God. No, no, no. God found you. Mm-hmm. He comes to where you are. And that's where I think our position is mm-hmm. with this podcast from here on out, not just for season two, mm-hmm. but it's like Jesus's worst day is yet to come. And so, yeah, like this podcast is for believers, but it's for like anyone who's not yeah. and wants to know more. Yep. And like, I'm, I'm not going to be perfect. I'm not going to say nope. the right things. I, I might not have all the answers. And if I don't have the answer, I'm going to tell you, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Let me get back to you on that. Mm-hmm. But like, cause I, I'm, I'm not going to be up here and be fake. I'm not going to be up here and like be a preacher. Cause like, there's so many podcasts that are like, let me tell you how to, you know, do this better. No, you have church for that. But like, let's talk about like real life stuff. And let's like get down to the nitty gritty and let's not leave anything out because there are people out there like, and people in the church, not just unbelievers who deal with rough stuff on a daily basis. And it's like, we'll talk about it. Like if you want to talk about pornography addiction, let's talk about it. If you want to talk about being hateful, let's talk about it. If you are like, I mean, I don't even know. You want to talk about it? Let's talk about it because it's, it's finding people in the places that they are. Mm-hmm. It's raw. Not trying to bring them uh, to a place where where they feel good enough. Because it's like, you, you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. Like, none of us are good enough. And it, it is only because we have been made worthy, like, over because of the blood of the lamb. Yeah. But it's like, if we could do something in order to earn it, Jesus would not have had to die on the cross. We would We could still be doing blood sacrifices for animals, and that'd be fine. But it wasn't enough. The acts of the law were not enough. That's why Jesus had to come. And so, like, I mean, I hate it when people are like, oh, I just have to get my act together and then I'll go to church. Like, I've had, like I'm a personal trainer. I've had people say, well, I just need to lose some weight or I need to get in shape before I come to the gym. Mm-hmm. Like, where else do you go to get in shape with the gym? Mm-hmm. Where else do you go to find peace and joy and salvation than Jesus? Yep. Like, if you could do something about it, number one, we would have done it. 
and we wouldn't have needed Jesus, but we needed Jesus. And there's nothing you can do that will change that. And we don't pretend to be qualified. We don't, I mean, that's just it. Like we, we don't, we aren't pastors. We, ha- we nope. haven't gone to school for this. I don't have a college degree. Yeah. I mean, and it's like, we could easily sit here and take the attitude that we had at the end of season one and be like, well, who are we to be doing this? You know, that, that was hard. It was like, who are we to be doing this? I'm not worthy. It may happen for somebody else. Do we keep on doing this? Mm-hmm. But then there was this collective just shift, spiritual shift in each of us, because if we both chose to start believing the promises that God had, no, we're not qualified to do this, but God's put us here. This is what we're doing. We're going to follow through. And he qualifies us through his blood. Yep. And because we, we start each of these podcasts, like when we prayed before this and we said, it's not our words, it's yours. You speak through us. We're not, it's not going to be for our glorification. It's going to be for your glorification. And so everything we do, our purpose is to tell you about Jesus and the love of Jesus and why you need Jesus. It's not to sit here and say, oh, well, you know, you need to follow this rule, this rule, this rule. And then, you know, you might be good enough to go to church or you might feel better about yourself. It's Mm -hmm. not about this i think what say today and if we ever do that cancel us immediately right like i'm not a fan of cancel culture but if we ever sit here and like say anything like yeah you have our permission to cancel us because it's october 12th i think yeah 12th 12th this will be coming out november 2nd but I think that in these 12 days of this month, I think I've had two days where I've really, man, been defeated at points, and I have been emotional, and um, I had one really bad day just this past week where I really struggled to even open my Bible. I mean, that's just the truth of it. I struggled. It's it's real life. Yeah. It's real. Like, he was in my head, and it took me. I had to force myself to sit on my bed and open my Bible and say, I am here, God, and I'm going to sit here in silence for a little bit because I don't know where my heart is. I don't know where my head is. I sure don't know what to say. Yeah. And I just sat there, and I said, I need peace, and I need you to hold me. Mm. And that's where I was at. And sure enough, man, that peace and that calm came over me, and that heaviness came off of me. And then everything was good, and I felt good, and I got in the Word, and I started praying, and it was all good. But we get in those moments. We're not an exception. And if any believer ever tells you that they don't struggle, they're lying. Yeah. They're lying. You know, and so, like, we're just two girls stepping out into obedience. And, I mean, once like we said this earlier, but it's like we're only here because of the obedience and faithfulness of others too. Mm -hmm. And clearly there is something that like, there is a path that God wants us on because like everything came together like so flawlessly and so ridiculously flawless. Just like, I mean, like we didn't have to do nothing. I mean, we, I mean, we've done stuff like we've, we've gone to meetings, we've upgraded. Like, we're like, all right, we're going to do this better. Like if we're going to do this, like, we're going to make sure that it's of good quality. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we're like, all right, I guess we're going to have to do this by ourselves. And then a friend was like, ask people for donations. And I don't like doing that for some reason. I don't know why, but I'm like, okay, God. And he's like, do it. And like I said, in 11 days, Bam. it was. And so like, we want to thank personally the people who did that. 
Um, we're not going to mention last names because this goes out on the internet and there are weird people on the internet. Mm-hmm. So we're, <laughs> we're going to. And, and we just, I mean, as a quick prayer, Lord, we just come before you and we just yes. pray for each of these donors that felt your push to help support and get the message out to your kingdom, Lord. And we just pray that with each seed that they put into this ministry, Lord, that you will just give them a harvest and just pay them back a hundredfold. Absolutely. Lord, we love you and we just thank you. They, they're, they're, they stepped out in obedience and they, they felt your push and they, and they listened to you. And we just thank you so much for the people that, that you have put into our lives in order to make your will come out into open. And we just thank you for your living word and your living water. Um, just thank you, Holy Spirit, because without you, none of this would be possible. Amen. Um, so Amen. follow. Amen. <laughs> I love that. Amen. Um, so thank you to these following donors, Jill, Sonia, Gail, Whitney, Pam, Deanna, Jessica, Abby, Sandra, Shaleen, Debbie, Susan, Emily, and then Anonymous. <laughs> Perfect. So just, I mean, thank you guys. I mean, we'll upload a couple pictures, but like, this, I mean, we're just sitting in God's glory right yeah, now. It's crazy. And, w- and we believe for bigger and better. And that's just for God's glory. I mean, that's the whole purpose of this. And we, we have been blown away by the audience that we have acquired we thank you. We oh my thank, gosh, you thank you so much <laughs> for validating um, us in, in a lot of ways, but for just showing us that it's not in vain that people are listening and wanting the word of God. I mean, and, and regardless, I mean, even if I think like it, if, if we didn't know that we were talking to anybody, we would still try because it's yep. like if we get that one, if we just touch and tell Jesus, if we set to, somebody to free. one person, yep, yep. that's like, what that's one last tear. Exactly. Just like because all. Jesus wants to do is take you out of chains yeah, and set you free. And it's possible. And you have to believe that. And there's so many people that may be listening that just feel defeated and broken and that God can't love them. Well, he can and he will. And he wants you. He is looking for you. He wants you to show up on that radar and don't lose heart. Just sit there. And all you have to do is just open your heart to Jesus and say, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know who you are yet. I don't know who I am, but I want you. And I guarantee you that he will show. Absolutely. Absolutely. That feels like a really good place to stop. It's good. It's good. It's been a, a good ride. In I the, love it. I love it. Well, I need an official name for this place. I like the pod lab, the pod cave. Pod cave, pod lab. Something. Maybe if you have suggestions for yeah. what to uh, to call our little lair. <laughs> little lair. <laughs> You can email us. Yep. IGSTrust at gmail.com. You can find us on social media. You can just go back to any one of the episodes from season one and listen to <laughs> the very end. It's, it's all there in God she trusts. But um, Follow, thank you guys. subscribe, share. Yep. If like something hits you in this episode that and you thought of somebody who needed to hear it, send them it, right? It's it's not to get us glory, but to, to let the Holy Spirit move in other people's lives. So, all right, y'all. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye.